0: Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome, all of you, Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I am a Dynasty Freak. That's a freak with two E's. I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting. Managing all of my teams 365 days a year So do you, so let's talk some dynasty today Here's what we have in the store for episode number 69 Normally I bring you a week in review And if you have been following me, you know that last week I had a personal bye week So I've called in my own personal bye week Sometimes real life gets in the way of fantasy life And so I missed posting my article as well as doing the podcast for last week Um, So what I thought I would do this week is actually combine weeks and do a little bit of a week in review of week number 11 and week number 12. As always, I'll start with some general observations, do these general observations really just as an opportunity to get to talk about some specific players and how the values of players are changing um, as a result of weeks number 11 and 12. I'll talk a little bit about the waiver wire, uh, what we missed from last week, and then what the waiver wire holds for this week. And then I'll talk about a ton of trades because the trade deadlines have come and gone in most of my leagues And there was a flurry of activity, including many trades that I made. So we'll talk about those trades as well. So let's jump into it. Top five observations. Uh, Observation number one is that two teams have three game winning streaks, and it's causing players' dynasty values to rise. Of course, I'm referring to the Jets and the Browns, who have both won their last three games, and their offenses have suddenly come alive. I was starting, it was starting to look like both second-year quarterbacks in Mayfield and Darnold were overhyped and, and really too highly ranked um, during the offseason. But both quarterbacks have uh, fallen in dynasty rankings, but now there's reason uh, to move them up. I actually have Darnold ranked number 14 as a quarterback, and Mayfield is number 15-ranked quarterback. Ironically, it's actually uh, Josh Allen. It's from the same rookie class that I have ranked ahead of them as quarterback number 11, given how well he's been playing. I still have some concerns regarding the coaching staff in Cleveland and New York, Uh, These winning streaks actually might save the coaches' jobs. That might not actually be the best thing for Mayfield and Darnold in the long run. We'll see. Here's kind of how I've been seeing it happen, really, since Kareem Hunt, as far as Cleveland's uh, concerned, as far as when Kareem Hunt came back off suspicion, the Browns... um, offense has looked vastly differently chubb's been the constant you know he's been a great runner throughout the year been really consistent but what hunt has done since he's come in is he's really improved in the passing game and so he's been a weapon there and it's really opened things up for landry and obj to be more productive especially landry who's had four touchdowns during this three game winning streak and as for the jets it's jamison crowder and robbie anderson Uh, while they both haven't been great at the same time they have alternated breakout weeks while Ryan Griffin has really become an every-week starting tight end on our fantasy teams. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, however, has yet to benefit in a significant way during the Jets' winning streak, but the Jets still have the most favorable schedule going forward, while the Browns have a tough road ahead. So the next few weeks will go a long way in helping us show us where to value uh, these dynasty players, and it will also tell us a lot about whether these coaches are going to remain with these players for years to come. Second observation I'd make over the last two weeks was that there are three backup quarterbacks that have blown their chances to become dynasty stashes, and there may be more to come. Uh, Man, after giving uh, backups several starts to prove themselves, two teams and likely a third have just decided they've seen enough. So Mason Rudolph was benched for Delvin Hodges, something Pittsburgh fans have been demanding for weeks, and then Hodges comes in and he promptly throws a touchdown pass and won the game for Pittsburgh. Ryan Finley for Cincinnati. He was not pulled during the game, but the Bengals announced this week that they are going back to Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback. Uh, They saw enough of Finley to determine that he's not their guy in the future, and they're certainly going to draft a quarterback, likely the very first pick of the draft at this rate. And then finally, there's Brandon Allen, Denver's backup quarterback. He had another awful game, completing just 40% of his passes in Buffalo. Uh, Denver is likely to let Drew Locke start the very second that his injured thumb is well enough to play, but may even be this week. So from a dynasty standpoint, I think all these guys are cuttable now. They're really just dead. There's no need for them to be on a roster. Um, I hope that they will be – or to hope that they will ever be named starters in the case of Finley or Allen or a future starter and Rudolph, thinking that he might you know, become the ultimate guy that takes over for Roethlisberger. I think uh, all these guys are done. They've proven that they can't do it. I said that other backups have played well this year, which is wild, because there are others that I would point to, like Garner Minshew, Teddy Bridgewater, and Kyle Allen. I think they're all worth holding because I believe that they do have a future with their teams to ultimately become the starters. So a bunch of backups I think we can give up on right now. And there's a few in Bridgewater and Minshew and Kyle Allen that are worth holding on to because I do think they have, have some value. Third overall observation from these last two weeks is that rookie running backs have been unable to steal the show like several did last year. Last year we saw several rookie running backs steal away the number one running back role from their teams. Saquon Barkley, of course, didn't have to take the job from anyone. He was given the keys right away. But if you look at the running backs like Nick Chubb and Phillip Lindsay and Sonny Michelle, they were slowly given the opportunity. and As the year went on, they ran away with the jobs in Cleveland, Denver, and New England. Uh, This year, players have been given similar opportunities but have been unable to do so. It does not necessarily mean they won't be able to do so in the future. Still, it's a concern because if guys are really talented enough to steal the jobs, they usually prove it pretty quickly once they're given the opportunity. So Miles Sanders, he's, a, he's one case here in Philadelphia. He hasn't been able to do so while Jordan Howard has been out. He's been productive, but he just hasn't really, he hasn't broken out like in a way to hold off Howard once he's healthy enough to play again. Then you've got Devin Singletary, who's been given 65 to 70% of the snaps in Buffalo the last five weeks. But he's not really broken out in a way that proves that he's a top tier dynasty running back. And on a smaller scale, there's Kadri Olison who appears just to be a goal linebacker in Atlanta. He's not been given many opportunities as I thought he would, after uh, Devontae Freeman was injured, I still believe in Miles Sanders. I have him ranked as my number 13 running back, so you can see I definitely believe in him. But I am a little concerned since he didn't steal the job once he finally had this opportunity the last two weeks to be the starter. I still like Devin Singletary's future in Buffalo, um, though he's not, you know, popped given the opportunities that he's had either. I have him ranked as my number 21 running back. And if you've been following me, you know that allison has been one of my favorite late-round picks in last year's rookie drafts, and. I, I've really had to back off of my love for him. I've dropped him down to being my number 63 uh, ranked running back. And I've actually already cut him in some of the leagues, uh, that on some of my teams and some of my leagues. Fourth big observation for the last two weeks would be that two, um, top two NFL draft picks see their dynasty stock falling. So NFL's 2016 draft started with two quarterbacks, all right? You know that, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Back, back-to-back, one and two. Wentz quickly rose to be like a top 5 or 10 dynasty uh, quarterback before falling a bit due to some of the injuries in the following years. And you know Goff's story. Goff looked like a bust until Sean McVay arrived in the second year and made Goff into a top 5 to 10 dynasty quarterback as well. Now both, um, bo- now both of their teams are falling, um, falling back in their rankings. Uh, Wentz was ranked as my number one quarterback right now, but I'm going to be making updates to my rankings this week, and I can tell you now that he will be falling further behind that. And Goff has moved all the way back to my number 16th ranked quarterback after being among my top eight at the start of the season. So both have very, this is what's frustrating, they both have very trustable coaches in McVay and Peterson, uh, but they've just not been able to get the most out of their quarterbacks this year. I'm starting to think it's not the fault of the coaches, but it's the limitations of these players. Uh, both players are outside the top 20 in average quarterback points this year, and it's really younger guys like Dak Prescott, who has actually drafted the same draft class as them, has moved far ahead of Wentz in Goff in my rankings. And then there's younger guys that just popped on the scene but, uh, after they've been drafted, tw- after the 2016 draft. Younger guys like Lamar Jackson, obviously Kyler Murray, Murray this last year, and the previously mentioned Mayfield and Darnold that have all moved up ahead or right in the same ranking area as them. So Two top NFL draft picks are actually starting to see their stock fall in Dynasty, in my opinion. We'll talk about one of them that I traded here in a little bit. And fifth and finally, I will say observations for the week are that three wide receivers could be excellent if given better coaching and quarterback play. I think I just wanted the opportunity here to talk about three wide receivers that I really love to watch and wish that they were free from their bad quarterbacks. Uh, First one is Allen Robertson. I just believe from a talent wise, he's a top 15 wide receiver talent wise, but he's really held back because of the play of Mitch Trubisky. Um, Although he did finally help him out this last week, but that said, even though, even though he helped him out this last week, Trubisky left a lot on the table that Robinson could have an even bigger game. I have Robinson ranked number 20 as a wide receiver. I want to rank him higher, but I can't because of his quarterback. Then there's Terry McLaurin. Uh, man, he could have had two touchdowns last week if he just had a competent quarterback throwing him in the ball. I get why Washington's giving their rookie Haskins a chance to start. They do want to see him. But I really wish we could have seen a full season with Case Keenum at quarterback. McLaurin had five touchdown passes in six full games that he played with Keenum. Five touchdowns in six pass, or in six games that he played with Keenum. Um, he's not had one uh, since Haskins has taken over. I have McLaurin ranked as my number 34 wide receiver, but I would love to rank him higher if he had a different quarterback, and finally there's AJ Brown, who I had as my number one ranked rookie wide receiver last year, um, he's made he's made uh, far less productive because of the quarterback play in Tennessee. Now, thankfully, in his case, this situation has improved since Ryan Tannehill took over for Marcus Mariota. His touchdown catch and run on Sunday was a thing of beauty. It was so fun to watch. He really reminds me of Julio Jones, his style and his body and frame, the way that he runs. He's already moved past uh, Corey Davis in Tennessee to become the number one wide receiver, and he's also moved past him in my rankings as well because I have A.J. Brown ranked number 30 while Corey Davis is falling uh, back down to 41 and probably even further when I do my rankings updates this week. Those are my big observations from week 11 and 12. Let's take just a minute here now to talk about some of the waiver wire moves because I do think that there were a few that were pretty intriguing moves that were made mostly last week, and I'll mention one that I think could be made this week. As a reminder, I do play in uh, big rosters, 27 to 30-man rosters, so the player pool is very thin. Um, That said, there were a few dynasty-relevant players picked up off the waiver wire these last two weeks that may help some teams in their playoff push and remain on our rosters uh, throughout next year from a dynasty perspective. First would be Jonathan Williams. Man, I picked up Jonathan Williams in a few leagues last week and started him in two of my leagues this last week, and he did not disappoint I used to own Jonathan Williams years ago when it looked like he was going to become the lead running back in Buffalo. I was so excited about that, and it was so surprising when they just kind of cut him out of nowhere. I really liked him enough to hold him in several leagues this offseason. I picked him up, but I had to cut him before the kind of cut down date before the season started. It's real fun to see him back in the league and making the most of his opportunity. He's very tough. He's a well-balanced runner, and he he gets to run behind one of the best offensive lines in the league. I think that he could start on our team in these coming weeks while Marlon Mack is hurt. And he's worth holding on to when Mack comes back because he really could solidify himself right here as the backup role behind Mac in years to come. He's an excellent dynasty waiver move. If you were able to pick him up last week or if for some reason he's still available this week, uh, go get him. I know that I did. He's an excellent dynasty move, especially if you have Mac to really get this handcuff behind him. Second guy that I'll mention uh, was Ryan Griffin. I picked up Ryan Griffin, tied in for the Jets in several leagues last week. Um, he is the number one tight end in New York. He's been playing 85 to 90 percent of the snaps while he's getting highly efficient passes, including red zone passes. That easy touchdown with no one around him this last week—that's what. That's the kind of catches that he's been getting. He's been averaging, you know, four four targets and four catches, three targets, three catches. That's just kind of what what's been happening with him. Um, add to that the fact that they signed him to a contract extension uh, this last week, and this really becomes like a sharp dynasty move. I'm glad that I picked him up in several leagues and I'm going to watch to see. He's going to be a guy that I hold, and I'm going to see if he can't hold off and beat out Chris Turnden uh, to remain the Jets starting tight end next year. So Ryan Griffin was a great pickup last week. Then there's a third guy that I'll mention is Bo Scarborough, uh, running back for Detroit. I did not put any claims on Scarborough, but I did see that many owners did in my leagues, and he came off the street, of course, to become the number one running back out of Detroit while Kerryon Johnson is injured. Um, The other Detroit backups and McKissick and Ty Johnson have just proven that uh, that they're better passing in the passing game than they are in the running game, and so Scarborough's come in and kind of stole the running job away there. Um, I was not as high on Scarborough during the 2018 rookie draft as other analysts, so I was not surprised to see that he was bounced to practice squad after practice squad after the Cowboys drafted him in the seventh round. Um, I really don't believe that he's going to be a strong dynasty pickup for teams that got him off waivers last week, or perhaps he's still out there this week for you. Um, but he could prove uh, to have a safe floor in non-PPR leagues for the rest of this season. So maybe he's going to help someone this season, but I don't really believe in him as a real dynasty value, um, even though he would be behind Carion Johnson there. Last guy that I'll mention, and this is one that I'm going to try to pick up this week, I saw him available in a few leagues for me. That would be Ryan Tannehill. I put in a few bids for him this week. Um, he's been a top 12 quarterback since taking the starting position in Tennessee. It's incredible. Um, if he keeps this up, Tennessee is maybe not going to draft a quarterback next year. I'm willing to pick him up and see. Um, I like to, you you know, you follow me. I like to stream my quarterbacks. I like to have two or three on my roster and just pick which one to play um, every week. And I could see he could definitely be a streamable quarterback on Dynasty rosters. So I hope I'm able to get him off of waivers tomorrow. We'll see how those bids go through. Finally, today we will wrap up by actually talking about several different trades that went down in my leagues. Like I said, uh, the deadline was two weeks ago in a lot of my leagues and then this past week in a few more of my leagues. So there was a lot of exciting trades that were made the last two weeks and I didn't get to write about him last week, so I'm happy to share some of my thoughts this week, and I will say I was involved in a lot of these trades. Give us a chance here to talk about some player value. First one I'll mention was Jarvis Landry for Brandon Cooks, just man for man, straight up. I made this trade last week in my FFPC league. Uh, the fact is, just I just like Landry more than I like Cooks, just straight up. I have Landry ranked number 24 as my wide receiver, and Cooks is number 28, so they are close. But what I'm seeing now is I really like the way Mayfield is playing more than the way that Goff is playing, like I already described. I'm pretty down on Goff right now, and that affects all of his weapons. I also like the fact that Landry is pretty much evenly splitting targets, often actually getting more targets than OBJ, whereas Cooks is splitting targets with two other great players in in Cup and Woods. Cooks' health also has become a concern with the concussions. Um, It's just been one week, but so far this trade already resulted in a win for me last week. I needed every last point and won a game by two points uh, last night. And it was largely because Landry had such a great game and Cooks would not have if he was on my team. Next trade that I'll mention, we have a few here with Brian Hill. We had Brian Hill traded for Marquez Valdez-Scantling, was we'll a say MVS, and a 2020 third round pick. So Brian Hill for MVS and a 2023rd third round pick. This trade was made by a contending team that really needed some running back help down the stretch while James Conner is injured on his team. So I see why he was willing to make that trade and give away a pick and give away MVS Um, for Brian Hill to try to help him kind of patch it up and make sure he gets his bye week and gets into the playoffs. That's really what this owner was doing. Um, I do not believe in MVS. In fact, in this very league, I dropped him a few weeks ago, so that tells you how I value him. I really think that it's uh, Lazard that's becoming the number two wide receiver there in Green Bay. So I like what the other team did, though, and uh, he's not in contention, and he was able to get a third-round pick out of Brian Hill, which I think is also a smart thing to do. I'm not as high on Brian Hill as as far as his future value goes, so I like this side of the deal too. So I would look at this and say this is the deal where you know we're both both teams won, uh, pretty fair trip. Um, you'll hear more about the Brian Hill trade that I made here in a minute. Next was a trade that I made: Jared Goff for Jameis Winston. So I'm sticking by my word. I told you that I was kind of sour on Goff, so I traded to get Jameis Winston. Man for man, Goff for Winston. Um, I really like Winston more than Goff. Uh, Winston now is ranked as my number 10 quarterback, while Goff, I already said, has moved down to number 16. It's true that Winston may throw the most interceptions in the NFL this year, but he's also on pace to throw the most touchdowns in the NFL this year. And I think there's something crazy from a fantasy standpoint. Ironically, sometimes his interceptions actually lead to more fantasy points because he has to pass to come back in those games. Um, Add to that the fact that I actually much prefer his weapons now with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin compared to Goffs with Cup, Cooks, and Woods. It's close, but I love the touchdown upside of Evans and Godwin and what they're able to do um, as far as being a red zone type of target. So I like Winston more than Goff. I made that trade. Next is another trade that I made. Um, A.J. Brown and a 2020 first-round pick for Le'Veon Bell and Brian Hill. A.J. Brown and a 2020 first-round pick. For Bell and Brian Hill, I made this trade in a league where I'm rebuilding. That's uh, one of my. It's really my only roster that I have that's really a rebuilding roster. Uh, the other owner is a contender, and I noticed that he was pretty weak at running back, and that he also had Devante Freeman, so he might be more interested in Brian Hill than the average person. So I offered the trade in order to help him make a playoff push, and I got my number one-ranked rookie wide receiver out of the deal, last year's number one-ranked rookie, A.J. Brown. I got A.J. Brown from him and a 2020 first-round pick. I really think this is going to help me as I try to aim to rebuild my team. And as I thought about this more, I think I'd make this trade even if I were not in a rebuild mode. I think I would give away Bell and Hill for A.J. Brown and a first-round pick easy, just right away. So whether rebuild or not, I think that was a good trade for me. Next was another trade that I made. This one's a pretty simple one, Latavius Murray for uh, Jamal Williams. Again, just another player-for-player player trade. Um, I made this Murray, uh, I made this uh, for Murray, with trade for Murray um, with the Aaron Jones owner. Um, I thought that he would like the handcuff and Williams. Um, I see this really as a pretty even trade. In fact, if you were to look at my rankings, I have Murray ranked number 34 as a running back, and Jamal Williams is number 35, so they're right next to each other. Here's where it came down to me, though. I thought, if Jones or Kamara were to get injured, who would I prefer to have? And I really think that I prefer to have Murray. He's already shown that he could perform like a top 12 back. When Kamara was injured this year, he's put up some huge numbers. And I just don't think Jamal Williams would do that if Aaron Jones were hurt. I think that they would continue to split things up there. Um, I also like the fact that Murray has three more years on his contract, which really makes me doubt that the Saints, with he and Kamara as a one-two punch, I doubt that they're going to draft a running back in the next few years whereas I believe that the Packers aren't in that situation. They probably will draft a running back, even as they did this last year when they had um, when they drafted Dexter Williams, when they had Jamal Williams and um, Aaron Jones on their roster already. So I kind of like the stability there in, in New Orleans. Pretty fair trade, player for player, but I'm glad that I got Murray as a guy that could help me if Kamara were to ever be injured. Next is a blockbuster trade. This is a crazy trade. Someone traded Ronald Jones... Stefan Diggs and Brandon Cooks for Hayden Hurst in the 2021st and a 2022nd. So we're talking three young, like proven players. And well, two proven, one uh, still has a chance to prove something, Ronald Jones, that is. But then you got Stefan Diggs and Brandon Cooks. And in exchange, you just got Hayden Hurst in the 2021st and 2022nd. So I really like the proven player side of this. Uh, Hayden Hurst is just a throw-in who may, may as well be dropped. I don't even think, look at him as being a part of this trade. So it was mainly a trade for two young proven players in Cooks and Diggs for one, and one upside player, like young player, like Jones, for two unknown picks, really. Man, I do believe in the 2020 class. I really do. It's going to be one of the best ones. Um, I would love to have a bunch of 2020 first-round picks, but I think that this owner um, may be overpaid in this case. To his uh, Just to speak to his side of it, this owner now has three first-round picks and two high second-round picks. These are actually two rebuilding teams that made this trade. One chose to rebuild by just getting some young guys and and giving away his picks, and the other was going straight for the picks. So both were making rebuild kind of moves, but one got three young players and one got two draft picks. Um, He does now have, like I said, five picks probably within the first 15 picks of the draft next year. Um, he'll have a great time during the draft, that's for sure. But I think that he paid too much uh, for those draft picks. Last trade, oh, no, I got two more, actually. (laughs) Two more trades that went down to give you a chance to talk about these players' values. This was one that I made, Carlos Hyde for D.D. Westbrook in a 2020 third-round pick. I made this trade in a league where I'm contending but hurting while James Conner's been injured. So similar to what another owner did that I described earlier. I thought Conner um, just need uh, to, to kind of hold off some teams to keep secure my playoff spot. And so I was willing to make this trade, D.D. Westbrook, in a 2023 for Carlos Hyde. I really like the floor that Hyde has provided so far this year. Um, I just need him to get you know somewhere between 10, 15 points for me per week to keep me competitive down the stretch. Um, I drafted in that league A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, and Terry McLaurin. That's pretty good, pretty good stash, right? So I've got three young wide receivers already with those three. So I didn't feel like I needed uh, to worry about D.D. Westbrook, and I was willing to give up a 2023 20 in the hopes that Hyde could help me. You know, wait until Connor gets back from his injury, so I can be fully rostered heading into the playoffs. Uh, didn't help me much in week number one because because uh, Hyde had a pretty bad game last week, but I think in coming weeks, his floor is going to be pretty solid for me. And now we have the final trade. The final trade that happened in one of my leagues was Irv Smith Jr. for two 2020 third round picks. Irv Smith Jr. for two 2020 third round picks. This is a pretty aggressive trade by a guy that believes in Irv Smith Jr., right? I know this owner and he's pretty aggressive. When he decides there's a player that he wants, he'll he'll pay to get him. Um, he has been way more involved in the offense lately. Last last week at a season high, 81% of the snaps as the Minnesota tight end. And he is definitely the future in Minnesota as Kyle Rudolph nears the end of his career. They're actually playing both of them at the same time quite a bit now. And so this team uh, sold, the team that sold uh, Irv Smith is in rebuilding mode. And he's been picking up draft picks left and right. Just been selling off players for picks. Um, I think overall, I like his side of the deal. I think I'd rather have two 20, 20 thirds than Irv Smith. Um but I look at the team that also made this uh, trade for the picks, and he's been collecting so many draft picks that uh, a third of his team probably is going to be rookies next year after the draft. And so he's going to have to have some hard decisions that he has to make about who to let go. So that kind of plays into it as a, as a factor as well. But if I didn't know all of that context, I would definitely go two third-round picks instead of Irv Smith Jr. Well, I appreciate you guys giving a listen. As always, you can make it a conversation anytime, as a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks, with two e's. would love it if you would take some time to rate and review on Google on a, a Google pod or on the Apple Podcast Store rather. That would be a big favor. Um, until next time, you guys know what to do. You got to go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at DynastyFreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin.